My name is John Stewart, and you're listening to the Root and Stem Podcast, a podcast exploring issues and stories in STEAM education. In this episode, we showcase Glenn and Leo, two computer science students from the University of Toronto who competed in a three-day hackathon, and after all was said and done, their final creation earned the title of Best Game in the Battle of the Code Clashers Challenge. But before we get carried away with the details, you first should know what a hackathon even is. Who better to explain than Glenn himself, one of the winners? Students like myself can team up with other students to create projects and then present these projects to these tech companies and hopefully make a good impression of them. And at the same time, these tech companies can also advertise their own companies to these prospective students and convince some people to apply to their companies. And yeah, there's like the first place, second place, third place for like best projects. And you win like money, you win like, I don't know, like consoles or like gift cards, stuff like that. Uh, there's also these prizes for like best project for X category. And as you mentioned before, you guys also get to network with these companies. So as a student who's looking to graduate and get a job after, uh, it's definitely very uh, beneficial. Over a single weekend in October, participants were tasked with creating a functional game with an educational purpose. What sounds impossible to most sounds intriguing to Glenn, Leo, and computer science enthusiasts alike. The winning game must prove to the judges that it's superior to the rest in either concept or design. Leo explains the winning game that they chose to create. The category was kind of for a game that's based about education. So some ideas we thrown, uh, threw around were kind of a quiz type game, but as to have an element of engagement to like keep the students like wanting to learn. So eventually we did choose the topics of uh, Git, uh, which is a computer science concept. We were also making mock-ups of other categories like math and such. But since it's so short, we didn't implement all of it. But the main idea was just basically battling by answering answering questions. You can kind of choose a question based on difficulty, and then that'll determine like the potency of an attack. And if you get stuff right, then you can deal that damage, or like the ability you choose will activate. That's that was the base concept. Normally, just fighting against AIs. Well, there are multiple categories you can go for, right? I think. The two that we both decided on, since we were the ones that started, was the game category, obviously. And then the AR and VR category was also another one. That one did require a lot more learning, and I guess we wanted to keep it somewhat simple, and I already knew a bit of Unity. We chose the game, and yeah, I think, I don't know about Glenn, but I, I lean towards the game because one, I like teaching. It's like my second choice after computer science for like career, and I also like making games. Of course, an event like this doesn't come without any learning value. Even for those with advanced coding knowledge, experience working within tight timelines and extreme pressure can do wonders for professional development. But beyond the obvious, Glenn and Leo described the specific skills they were able to learn during the hackathon. Definitely game development in general, because I think at UFT, they have a game development course, but uh, I don't think I can take it right now with my current prerequisites and stuff like that. So yeah, learning how to develop games is definitely something new that I probably wouldn't have been able to learn at school. Gaining experience working with my peers is also something valuable to learn because like, Especially during this pandemic situation, it's like not always easy to like get together with friends and like make, I guess, software or like projects together. So uh, having this hackathon event exist definitely helped bring us together in order to create and gain experience working with others. What schools don't really like push you to do is take a risk. And even by yourself, like lots of computer science students were all obsessed with like making oh, like projects and stuff because that's what will get us jobs. 
but a lot of us uh, we just have these we kind of have ideas but then no one really wants to start on an idea because that's like the hard part and i think hackathons in general they put you under pressure and they force you just roll with an idea and you know sometimes it works out and that's what usually happens for the winning teams hackathon projects are normally completed in groups of four Participants naturally improve their teamwork abilities and learn how to work with different communication styles. However, Glenn and Leo faced a major setback when their two other group members informed them that they were too busy and could no longer participate. Beginning the weekend at an overwhelming disadvantage, the two of them had to adapt to their new roles. Along with teamwork, trust became increasingly important as there was no longer an option of a democratic vote on ideas and suggestions. Leo explains his thoughts about the dynamic between him and Glenn during the hackathon weekend. Being able to work in a team is something I haven't worked on that much as a computer science student, I'd say. Normally used to working on my own because there's no one else I trust more than myself, obviously. But you know, sometimes a project as big as the one we tried to take on, and I guess most projects in the world, require many people to like split up the effort. So yeah, really really good experience to like be able to split up work properly and communicate effectively as we didn't really outline some sort of like work packed unlike in some school projects where they would make you do that i remember like just the summer before it was a intro to software engineering course i took and you have to build a project in a group of eight and then yeah, obviously you're stuck for that stuck in that group for four months. So you all like form like a work contract and then it's like, oh, like what feet what determines something to be done, all that stuff. But like in a hackathon, I think it's really different because like you're really forced to just work with them as much as you can because it's so short. Like I don't think I've ever heard of a hackathon longer than like one or two weeks, but most are just like a weekend, like the one we participated in. So Especially if you work with people you don't know. It's not that like you have to be able to trust them. It's kind of like you have to trust them. It's no secret hackathons can be difficult and stressful, but learning from those who have successfully completed one can be useful if the opportunity to compete in a hackathon ever presents itself. Glenn and Leo each share their advice for future contestants. If you're looking to join a hackathon, try to like find friends that are going to join a hackathon with you because I think working as a team with people you already know is much easier, like more likely to succeed because like first you can trust your friends to like actually participate and help you out. And like also it's easier to communicate with them, I guess, since you already know them. You're already aware of their abilities. So it's like easier to organize what exactly we want to make and like how the tasks are going to be split between the group. Also, uh, if you're looking to successfully make a project, I think it's uh, good to have some, at least some basic knowledge of what you're making in general. So for example, if you want to make some sort of web application, like web applications are really broad, like you make lots of different types of uh, web applications. So like, even if you're going to a hackathon and you're going to make like a specific type of app that's like, that you haven't made before, at least you know the basics. So like, it's easier to learn the little more knowledge that's needed to create the app and successfully finish a project by the end of the hackathon. You know, I thought I wouldn't really be a fan of hackathons before, because this is my first hackathon. So, like, I really thought, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like me to just rush through a project and ruining sleep just for a product. But, like, I think that was the wrong way to think about it. If you just think about it as, like, oh, this is a way to, like, start up some sort of project idea, I think was what I took away from the hackathon. Now, I could... You know, participate in more to just get some ideas started and then 
like obviously it doesn't have to end once the hackathon ends you can keep working on it past that yeah i guess to younger students i would just say like go for it if you have a group of friends it's even better if you're someone who's interested in joining a hackathon your physical location should not matter in fact glenn and leo explain that anyone with a unique experience or skill can be very useful to a hackathon team and likewise, a hackathon could be super beneficial for those in rural and remote communities. I feel like in hackathons, these event organizers, they usually have a theme. So like they want people to make the type of project that fits a specific category, I guess. In order to do this, they want to encourage, I guess, original ideas. And I'm guessing like the thing with uh, remote communities and technology is that maybe this field isn't really explored that well. So if there was a hackathon that was focused on Creating technology that would help remote communities, I think that would definitely spark a lot of original concepts and projects that would help these transform these communities in some way. So I guess these hackathons are like, it's like a breeding ground for new ideas and technologies that could help these rural areas, I guess. To add on to that, I think it was a bit weird to paint the picture that hackathons are all just programming computer science, since that's uh, it's really popular among that group, or like that space. But like, it's not all about that there's plenty of people that spend almost the whole hackathon just coming up with like a design of a product using some sort of like design tool like uh, figma is one for web uh, websites and it's not always about just like creating the product sometimes like a proposal a really good proposal of a product can also win prizes i think we've seen that before so yeah it really benefits creative thinking in i guess the tech world in general and you don't even need technical knowledge to do it like i've seen plenty uh, i saw plenty of people in the hackathon discord that were not computer science students and didn't have background in that but they can still contribute for like design and just creative thinking but if you have no experience and you do want to code, it can be a bit intimidating since it's so fast-paced. But I think in general, you'll always find people that are somewhat experienced, like computer science students, like around our level, or like I guess like any you know any level of computer science. They can kind of explain stuff to you and teach you quickly because that's what the environment of a hackathon really promotes. It's what you have to do it's really about speed and efficiency if they're like going to hackathon for like a first or second time maybe they don't have that much experience so instead of creating i guess a project they could look to participate in like there's like many workshops that take place throughout the hackathon it's basically like these tech companies they give like these mini lessons on how to use this sort of software or how to use this tool and like through this these people could like definitely gain a lot of experience just from learning new concepts and stuff in at a hackathon for more about code, AI, and many other STEAM topics, check out the Root & Stem magazine at pinois.com or more episodes of the Root & Stem podcast available to download on your favorite streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google. Google.